Hello everybody, Gerhoy here uh, for this edition of Hopping the Ball and this week as usual we're joined by Johnny Healy, Killaloo, Pat Hickey from Fecal and Willie McInerney from Killaloo. Lads, you're all welcome back. We have uh, a, a, an action-packed agenda to go through. We have a lot of uh, sport to discuss and uh, I suppose in fairness to Ireland and in fairness to our Olympic uh, medalists, we'll go with the Olympics first. Uh, what's your thoughts? Well, I suppose Ger- we came home with four medals anyway. So it was uh, expected. We kind of anticipated we might win medals in boxing and the uh, and the rowing, and that's what, what transpired. There was hopes that he can win in the medal at the equestrian team event, but it didn't happen. Actually, on the equestrian team event, before uh, just to put it, put out there that we had forgotten the lesson we were talking about local involvement. Uh, Michael Blake was the actual manager of the equestrian from down the road. Like so, we were talking about local involvement in the previous show, and um, we left him out inadvertently that time. But um. Yeah, the, the, obviously, Paula Donovan, Fintan McCarthy won the lightweight doubles. They won three races, and uh, I, I admired the way they went about the races. Italy and Germany tore off uh, in the lead in the early stages, and it was only the last 500 metres uh, that they won it. And there was a great picture in the paper afterwards of when they crossed the line. Donovan looks back, and McCarthy has his two arms up in the air, and, and Donovan looking back at him, he has two hands in the roars, and he, as if to say, what's wrong with you? Yeah. After winning the Olympic medal, you know. So it was, it was, it was fantastic. And as I say, like the only thing that struck me was afterwards is that someone forgot to tell him that the barbers was actually opened. Uh, you know, he, he had he had a very very thick beard and long hair, him, but a guest ticket. So it was fantastic for both of them. And obviously, then Kelly Harrington winning the gold in the boxing. She was a medal contender before she went really, and she delivered. She'd only three fights. She got a buy in the first round, and she was up against a very tough uh, uh, Beatrice Ferreira from Brazil yeah. and in fairness to her after she lost the first round she won the other two rounds so fantastic for her and then obviously we had two bronze medals Aidan Walsh in welterweight in the boxing unfortunately for him he he he, lo- he couldn't take part in the semi-final because he hurt his ankle celebrating he was jumping like Michael Carruth when he won the gold in 92 but unfortunately he landed differently than Michael yeah. and had to give a walk over in the semi-final which is disappointing because he might have won that but at least he won the bronze and then uh, the, the the four ladies on the on the on the boat won a bronze medal. Um, Emily Hagerty, Kyo Alam, and Fiona Morta. So four medals. Okay, disappointed we didn't something the question, or at least as far as I'm concerned, myself might be too critical. None of them. Someone will claim personal base, but none of them got to a final. You were probably expected Kieran Megan, maybe Thomas Bear. Um, Maybe Phil Healy, you know, yeah, they yeah, didn't, yeah, they, they didn't progress. Yeah. The mixed relay, I thought, to get at the final alone, I thought it was a great achievement. To to expect a middle of it, I wasn't. But I did expect, yeah. you know. And it was the first time there was a, mis- a mixed <coughs> relay on the Olympics as well yeah. this time, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they, did, they did very well, no. Uh, yeah. You have to look at it uh, from the perspective of where we are in the country and to get to the final is a super achievement, you know. And they thought they performed very well, in fairness. Yeah. Uh, was it the American team in the men's? Was it four by four hundred that dropped a bet on, and and really made a miss of it? It just shows you, you know, how highly trained you are. You could still yeah. make a miss of things, you know. But the the youngs have a habit of doing that for some unknown reason. I don't know why, but they seem to have a habit. This handover, I don't know. I mean, the, you practice that day in day out, week in week out, for months leading up to an event like that, and you cannot have a mistake on a handover. Absolutely can't. It's crucial, it and but they seem to do it time and time again. You know, 
Yeah, and we can and, and we can't the head goal without mentioning Mo, Mona McSharry. She became the first uh, swimmer in twenty five years to get to a final uh, since Michelle De Bruyne, and um, she came eighth, which was last. Obviously, it was eighty, but I never seen anyone to come eighth and, and last in a race and be so delighted with herself. Yeah. And the ironic thing is, uh, she she and her, was part of her and her family won the Fishes family there uh, a few years ago as well. So she's only twenty years of age, and she's a great. She's you know she's a couple of more Olympics ahead of her. Well, another one anyway at least. Yeah. So she's a good chance of winning the medal, you know. So that was good. Like, but um, uh, I suppose a few disappointed. There was a few boxers in that elimination first round, and the guy Sanita pursues in the canoe who really. Spearheaded it when they weren't ahead of, when they weren't at the stand of the right now. She was thirty nine. She she failed to medal and she was hoping to medal and she didn't. She qualified for the B final, but she pulled out of it. Yeah, I, I think she was ill, Pat. Was she? Uh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Some people said she was, and others said she didn't want to take part in the B final. I don't know. But she was very good in the first heat. She was absolutely excellent. But whatever happened there after that, she went downhill. She you did. Know. Yeah, she wasn't herself anyway, for sure. No, no. Um, there's also some interest, Pat, I think, um, did I hear there that there was a relation of Charlie Hawhey's competing for Hong Kong? Yeah, uh, Siobhan Hawhey. She's a grandniece of Charlie. Yeah. yeah. She, she won two silver medals in the swimming, and it was a, it was, it was a, a first ever uh, Olympic swimming medal in, 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 in um, freestyle, and that saw a 100 freestyle final, so... I mean, it is amazing that there's some Irish connection with someone in the Olympics from that journey. Also, a daughter of Mark Kinsler, the former Irish international, she won a medal as part of the UK uh, gymnastics team, which is fantastic for her. And um, uh, other interesting facts that people might be interested in, in George Hamilton commentator, he's 11th Olympics in a row. And it was the first Olympic a first final he was eight dude an Irish person won a gold medal he he commentated on the on the Paul Donovan yeah, and Fintan so yeah. for him that was a you know Jimmy, because a other Olympics Jimmy McGee was doing the uh, athletes or I'm doing the races yeah. and that so he hadn't had the honour of doing it like considering yeah. how many Olympics he yeah. covered you know and um, oh yeah and obviously I suppose we have to mention the fact that the first transgender person competing in the Olympics she was from she New Zealand, yeah. and she 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 competed in the in the weightlifting. No, she she didn't get past the first round. Unfortunately for her, she didn't lift anything of the three lifts she had. One of them she did went over lift her overhead, but it was an illegal lift. She has been, um, but there was a bit of opposition to her in some quarters because obviously she transgendered yeah. from a man, you know, in two thousand and twelve. But um, you know, it shows the way society's going. Yeah, and it's just a reflection on the way society's gone, as you say. You have to have the first transgender athlete. But and lastly, for me. The Olympics wasn't as enjoyable as other ones because of the time difference. You know, a lot of events were on during the night when we were having our beauty yeah. sleep. Yes, exactly. You know, badly needed for all of us. Badly, badly needed, needed for all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. 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 <laughs> There's also the girl from Mayo that's running from <coughs> Australia in the marathon. I, I can't remember her name. She came tint. Uh, she took up marathon running at a very late age in life. I think she's in her thirties at this stage. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, she's, she had a good, she had a good Olympics as well. Yeah. So they post, they painted the post boxes in both Skibreen yeah. and. 
Dublin. Yeah, Rialto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, certainly Kelly Harrington put Rialto in on, on the map. I suppose the big question for her is now: Is she going to turn pro or is she going to stay amateur? There is a, there is a course. Uh, you you cannot you can turn pro now. I think after and still take part in the Olympics. Yeah. There was something past. Um, just in relation to Kelly, um, I don't believe she'll go professional. She's too high profile. Well, we shouldn't let her. Any, well, not so much. We shouldn't let her. I'm only hoping she doesn't. I don't think she will. She'll want to go to the next Olympics and she'll want to win another medal. The, you know? the only thing I'll say, Jer, there is potentially if she went professional, she could take on Katie Taylor. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be some fight to two of them? Oh my God. Oh, interestingly, uh, is a bit of an intrigue there as to what the relationship between the two of them is. Someone asked her, Kelly, the other day at an interview, uh, did, 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 um, did she contact her by text message to congratulate her? And she said, why don't you, you'll ask, <coughs> why don't you ask her? Right. You know, so you'll have okay. to wonder, like, is Katie, what the relationship there is? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, Katie is is w- making money at the moment in thing, and I don't know. But I think, Johnny, you're right. I think Kelly will stay uh, amateur. Um, just when you brought in the trans- transgender there, you know, I, I was reading an article afterwards where she's getting a bit of stick now about her relationship with um, with uh, her her um, girlfriend, and you know, I, I think she's finding fame now already. The people are probing into her life, and and it's a, it's kind of a bit unfair. She it can be a very uncomfortable place, really. Yeah. Yeah, plus sure. the, f- the fact that, like she's already said it, that she's never, while she was rising all the way, she's never made it a big thing. No secret or no, she doesn't push her to the front of it. and It's it's just a pity, but isn't that our media, you know what I mean? That's, that's a little sad media. Side. And also the social, social media. Oh, 100%, yeah, you're dead right. And Gerald, I have to say, she's very gracious in victory. She wasn't getting carried away herself no. or nothing. And she thanked, thanking all the people that helped her along the way. And she, wa- she was so anxious to get back home and meet the locals and all her neighbours. And she said it's not going to change her. And I think that's a great yeah. way to be, you know. And like it's like it's like a fairy tale. I mean, she was trying to box for a number of years and they wouldn't allow her into, into a boxing club or a boxing arena. And eventually did it. I mean, you look at the age she is now. You know, and she was back home with, with a gold medal. Yes, right. So that's why I'm looking forward to seeing her, hopefully, in four years' time, you know. Okay, that's uh, the Olympics are <coughs> done. Uh, three years' time again, back in Paris. Yeah, three, sorry, yeah, sorry, three years. Yeah. 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 Okay, very good. All right, and I think uh, we also left off the last day of talking a bit about Formula One and... Uh, um, any updates in Formula One that's since the last time we were together? Well, is the Formula One currently is on a break, Jared, uh, until the end of the month. But um, currently, there's there's uh, there's twelve Grand Prix left, and at the moment, the last Grand Prix before the break was the Hungarian one, which Hamilton had already won eight times and he was going for a record ninth win. But the actual Ham- there was a, a crash at the first corner and. It ended up anyway that the two drivers were out and Hamilton ended up in last place on the grid but he fought back to finish third and his his biggest rival obviously Verstappen only finished 10th that Hungarian Grand Prix was won by an Ocon he's a, a French driver his first Grand Prix yeah. win so it, it ended up anyway that as a result of, of Hamilton finishing third he's now gone ahead of um, Verstappen so uh, I, I'm the non-expert here, and uh, so I'll ask the questions for the public. So w- when we were talking about it before, uh, you were fancying that 
Verstappen was was going to win this and that Hamilton had lost interest and it seems like he's after making a kind of a comeback here what do you think? Yeah to an extent but I still think with 12 races left I think we accept that Verstappen has a better car and I think he's still end up I think he's still end up winning it now at the moment he's six points behind and also in the constructors in the constructors um, I think there's 12 points 10 or 12 points in it um First Rappin could only finish 10th in the last race, but I still think when it comes to it, uh, he, he'll end up in world champion this year. Well, but you do have to give Hamilton some credit, like from not just, I haven't, like, as I said, I dip in and out of it. I wouldn't have the same knowledge as yourself. But well, in the, in even in the media, they were writing him off. You well, know what I mean? So it's a great old comeback, isn't yeah. it? And it's making it more exciting anyway. Yeah, well, Hamilton is without doubt the greatest driver in Formula 1 history. He's okay. actually 101 poles in his career. Mm-hmm. His first pole was in when he was 22 years of age in the Ca- Canadian Grand Prix. Um, he was 22 at the time. He's now 36. Okay. To put it into perspective th- what he has, he's 101 poles. Right? His nearest to that is Michael Schumacher who was a great driver, 68. Uh, Ayrton Senna who passed away at a Grand Prix unfortunately he was killed in one a few years ago 65 Sebastian Vettel 57 Alan Prost 33 and Jim Clark 33 so there's quite a gap between those you know so there's no doubt about it Hamilton is an unbelievable driver and he seems to have you know he's 36 years of age now but if he has supplied the right car and keep a good car under (coughs) him he's capable of of setting new records but Pat as you rightly said there the thing is the car yeah. Everything is about the car. Now, look, without doubt, Hamilton is an, an exceptionally good driver. Yeah. What happened in the second last race with himself and Verstappen, like, you know, they collided, okay. Yeah. The body, I mean, they gave him a 10-second t- penalty. He was back out on the track, and he went down and he won it. Mm-hmm. You know, but they'll tell you the, the class of the man, like, yeah. you know. He has seven titles won already, you know, so mm-hmm. he's looking for a record eight, and I, I, I'd like to see him win the eight before he finishes up anyway. But he, he mightn't win it this year or whatever, yeah. but I'd like to see him win in the eight, you know, because... Unbelievable um, consistency and him over the years, you know, right. and 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 longevity. He reminds me. Uh, maybe we mentioned it before, but there's a, a, a big similarity between Lewis Hamilton and Tiger Woods. Both started out very young. Yeah. Both started out with parents totally devoted to getting them, yeah. uh, getting them trained. Uh, Lewis uh, was in karting at, I'd say, as soon as he could walk. Tiger was swinging golf clubs or two, and uh, they both and Pearl. Tiger's recent car accident, he'd still be finding finding uh, majors and everything else. So, I think uh, you're right, Pat. That uh, he's got to go for the record, yeah. and and uh, and he's so far ahead in the, in the number of pole positions. I yeah. don't see anyone catching him. Yeah. His possible downfall will be probably the car. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Verstappen is a very good very good driver as well, yeah. but I think the car isn't as good this year as it was last year, previous years. You know. Yeah, and having a good car is a great advantage. Yeah. I mean, he could be the greatest driver in the world, but if you, if you have a crap car under you... Yeah. Or it breaks down. The yeah. margins are so, un- yeah. so, so slight, yeah. so slight that uh, milliseconds count. Like, if you look at pole positions and a lot of the pole positions that he got, there were hundreds of seconds. Not seconds, but hundreds, you know. Okay, guys. Happy enough with uh, Formula 1. We'll pick it up after uh, yeah. the next few runs. Um, I suppose we could... Move back towards the uh, League of Ireland and uh, see where we're at with it. Yeah, the league. I mean, since since we had our last show, um, the FA Cup was played, 
um, the FAI. FAI Cup, sorry, I should say. And uh, there was a one shock in it, really. Cork City beating Sligo Rovers. Mm-hmm. Because considering how, how well Sligo go in the league and how bad Cork, and how bad Cork were, mm-hmm. they won it. But unfortunately for Cork, the draw was made for the second round. They'd have to draw on pets, which, but they have them at home. You know, after beating one tough team to get drawn against another, it was, yeah. it was bad luck, really. But... Um, Shamrock Rovers are drawn against Bohemians, so that'll be an interesting round uh, as well. And uh, Finn Harps and Derby City. So, uh, the FA Cup second rounds, I think, is on towards the end of August, early September that mm-hmm. weekend, I think. But Hicks, I think some of our, some of our League of Ireland clubs, they're mirroring what's happening in England. They're, put, they're weak, putting their weaker teams into cup, into, into cup games because they're resting their players' rotation. And I honestly believe that's what Sligo, Sligo were caught. They put out a weaker team and they expected they expected to be Cox City and they were caught. Yeah, well, I, I suppose I, I imagine you know. they, they would have done that thinking Cox City were down the proper yeah. the first division and yeah. they were going so bad that they yeah. thought leaving off some of their team in yeah. would have helped. Yes, of no. course, a lot of the teams were playing non-league clubs and that was a chance for them they could leave off lads, do you know. But um, in relation to the, the league, uh, coming into this weekend, Rovers are still on top with 50 points in two three games played. Uh, Pets are on... Second place, but if a game extra played on 47 and Sligo have 38 points. Now, Sligo Ger, are on a bit of a bad run. They have six mm. games in a row lost between Europe, the FA Cup and the league. So they're in a bit of a lull at the moment and uh, they've lost uh, ground, really. They, I don't think they'll win the league, Johnny. No. I think it's down between no. Pets now and, 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 and Rovers. It's a two-horse race. And I think I think Rovers are best equipped Yeah, of the two sides. I think they're the best equipped side to win it. Yeah. yeah. Their depth of their squad, I'd say, would be stronger yeah. than, than, than Pets. But and the Rovers have massive experience playing Europe this year as well. They have. Yeah. They have. And, and they're, they're, they're one step away from the European Conference League. But unfortunately, they lost towards the night 4 2. And uh, they have them at home. But they need to score goals. To get into the conference, that groups is worth 1.5 million to, yeah. which is serious money for a League of Ireland club. But um, they have to overcome a 4-2 deficit. Uh, so the, the 4-2 deficit, I, I wasn't sure because I was reading it Jordan last summer. They were talking about doing away with the way goals rule. And has it been... Yeah, the way goals rules is gone. That's such a pity for them now, isn't it? At 4-2, it yeah. might have been such a bad result, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not sure why they changed that result or changed that um, decision, but mm. that's the way it is. That's gone now, so it is just the scope goals. doesn't matter now. The way goals used to count for something, yeah. Yeah, like you say... Willie, you know, pity, yeah. I think I, I think it, a lot of it got to do with the extra time. You know, if the score was still level, or whatever, and uh, by taking away the, the you know, pe- te- teams would be inclined to attack a little bit more. Yeah, and like now, isn't it that you go straight to penalties yeah. after the ninety? So there's a half an hour of no yeah. football. Yeah, and player welfare comes into it as well. I, I suppose. Yeah, you know. just to explain to people, there's a, a third level this year. Do you have the Champions League, you have the Europa League, and you have a Conference League, which is for the smaller, you know, like we say, Spurs are in it at the moment now in England. The yeah. teams that finish fourth and fifth in the big leagues, they're into that. So there's a great chance for Irish clubs to get into Europe, you know, and there's good money to be made in it. Like, And obviously, Shamrock Rovers, as we mentioned, they're the only Irish club left in it because unfortunately, a few weeks ago, the last few weeks, Dundalk and Bohemians, who were in good positions going into the, uh, lost their games. So, you know, hopefully, Rovers can turn around next week. I think RT are showing the game as well. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think the Rovers manager mentioned 
the fourth goal was a killer. It yeah. came so near the end. Yeah. The 3-2, they, had, they were okay-ish, yeah. yeah. but yeah. Uh, definitely the fourth goal was a killer. Yeah. And I suppose, Ger, uh, before we leave the League of Ireland, they're, they're about to lose uh, Liam Seals scales mm. to Celtic. He had a big loss to him. He's a very good player. And he, he was... No, well, Norwich were after him as well, but I think the fact that he's practically ready for first team action or has been kind of told that by Celtic has swayed the move. That's why he's gone. So he's gone, you know, and that's a good reflection on the standard of Irish football now as well. And good for him. Isn't and it? good for him, for, yeah, good yeah, for yeah. him and good for us. Yeah. You know, and we need that kind of stuff yeah. coming through, don't we? Yeah. We do, yeah. You, yeah. Know, you need guys coming through. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the Premier League has started. And and I suppose Man United started with a bang. Anyway, Johnny, you'll be happy. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, five goals. Any day, any day, we score five goals is a good day. You know, five one again leads, and they have been no bogey team since they came back up to the Premiership. So I think it was nice to put them back in their box. You know, to say, yeah, we're back. And, and we can't just leave Johnny there. I'd just like to mention that 5 1, but they conceded a goal. But Liverpool went to Norwich and won 3 0, you know. <laughs> and great defence well, and yeah. great forward play. Yeah. Lads, I'll have you know, Spurs beat Man City. Mm. So, all happy men here. Possibility shock of the day. It's uh, a shock of the weekend. And, and my team, Jeremy Foshley, lost to Burnley, mm. uh, who only after getting promoted. And not only lost, but lost 2 yeah. yeah. 0. So Say your team's name Arsenal. Oh, right. <laughs> so I reckon. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I reckon that uh, Arteta will be under pressure if they don't. And they have t- tough games coming up. They're playing Chelsea, and, you know. And Chelsea, like after signing Lukaku, are going to be serious for any team this year. Yeah. Just possibly the shock of the weekend Brentford beating Arsenal 2 0. I know Brentford were at home now. Watch Old Brentford because they play they play good football. Yeah. They were very very good to watch last year in, in in the first division. I call it the first division, the old first division. And the other shock, I suppose, was Spurs beating City one 0 Like that was a bit of a shock because everyone expected City to go there and win, especially with no Harry Kane playing. On that, just a, a funny footnote on that. I actually happened to be in London on Sunday, and I wouldn't know what area I was in, but obviously I was in the Tottenham area when Tottenham scored. A pub just right alongside me went ballistic out onto the road, all Spurs jerseys and all. So it's just great to see it. Like. Really? I tell you, you were in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Saturday I was. <laughs> okay, guys. Right, yeah, the Premier League, as we say, it's only started and we'll obviously have much more uh, chat about it as, as the season goes, ale- goes ahead. Just okay. to finish, the ger- uh, to go back to the Championship, uh, the amount of Irish players that are playing quite well over there and scoring freely over, over the first three games. Several Irish, f- several Irish footballers, like you know, which is good, to, good to see. Yeah, exactly. Okay, guys. Um, so that's we've gone through that. I think we'll just briefly mention the Lions tour. Uh, it's over since uh, the last time we sat around the table. That's, um, and I, you know, I had a quick chat with Pat coming down in the car. Uh, what about it? Uh, personally, it didn't grab my attention. Did it? Did it? Was it a typical Lions tour, or what can we make of it, lads? Well, well, for me, Ger- Gatlin's conservatism was a real turn off. I mean, in the t- in the final test, they should have been going after it, and it was only when Finn Russell came on. You know, he only came on because of an injury, and he he they played a different style altogether. But they wanted to, they wanted to, you know, out muscle. South African, they played right into their hands, and um, to me, you know, South Africa were prepared to win ugly, and that's the way it, tra- it transpired. Like, so I, I was, I was kind of disappointed with the way they went about it this year. I think they were lulled into that, weren't they, from the game before? 
they did a lot of moaning and complaining about um, how, what bad rugby it was and what way that, that the South Africans wanted to play. There was a lot of complaints about it, so the vibe was coming out there, we're going to fight back. So, you know, you'd often tell that to any team or players, you know, don't let someone wind you up, and they wound them up the wrong way, they fell completely for it, didn't they? Yeah, looks like it. And I suppose they weren't helped by the fact that there was no midweek games during it, you know, because of the COVID, and it wasn't really the normal tour either. Like, and um, like, what happened to say that? Like, he made big calls, leaving the likes of Owen Farrell off the squad altogether, you know. And um, I mean, he, he Hogg was dropped for the final test as well. Yeah. And also, how about Mr. Miracle Man, Alvin Jones coming back? Yeah, well, I, I actually, uh, that was, yeah, he had a shoulder, put out his shoulder, and I think I, we mentioned in a previous show he was on the way back. I mean, it was a medical recovery to go play in rugby after dislocating the shoulder. Yeah, well, playing at that level anyway. Playing at that level, yeah. But in general, my own person being, I thought, it's a very disappointing Lions tour. Yeah. First, first game possibly maybe was the best of the three. It was trench warfare after that, you know. There was no passing, no, you know, no. they never took one another on, like, you know, just keep it tight, keep it tight. You know, and like, you you try an old muscle, old muscle South Africans and you won't. England tried it, many on the other side tried it and failed, you know. And maybe it added to it a little bit that there wasn't fans at it. Mm. You know what I mean? When you're when you're in this trench war, as mm. you rightly say, mm. you know the fans can just start urging you on to do something more than that. They want to see something else. But mm. you know, there's empty stadiums that's, and girls being. That's right, really. And I suppose the <coughs> Lions tours traditionally have been for the fans going to the country involved, mm. right? Living in there for the two or three weeks, whatever, meeting everyone, making friends, and that was not there <coughs> this year. That is the beauty of it. Yeah, and a, a number of players came out, a few in the media that I noticed and called for the change of coach for the next one, and that they wanted a home based coach. In other words, one from the nations that yeah. make up the lines rather than Gatlin, because Gatlin kind of had known he was. You know, he wasn't ruling himself out for taking over the lines again in the next for the next tour, you know. But the other thing I found very strange was the coach being a water boy for South Africa. I mean, he was instructing the players every time. He was coaching every time he went onto the field, you know, with that water to the player, like, you know. There was instructions being passed down the line, you know. So Yeah, Erasmus. It's something they have to look at. The GA got rid of the mayor for now. So yeah. maybe Robbie needs to do something as well, do they? Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know. But there was definitely instructions being passed down the line, you know, without right. doubt. Yeah, okay. But uh, on, a, on a personal note, you know, I kind of, I admire a fellow who will go the extra yard and if you can get away with it, you know, off you go. You know, fair play to him. Yeah. Maybe the lines should have been a bit sharper and done things <coughs> like that, you know, especially if they've seen it happen. Well, the only thing I would say in relation to that is uh, they seem to have everything so professionally covered, the rubbies, the rubbies. Boys. You know, you, you have, you can go upstairs yeah, yeah, you know your linesman are there. He can have a look at it on the screen himself. If he's not happy, and then make the decision. Yeah. Whereas with something so similar, but it's such a huge effect. Was it the second game went on for ages because yes. of stoppages and yeah. stuff. over an hour there for yeah. the first half? It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, and it's possibly can't be avoided if things do happen. Yeah, like forty-minute uh, game, uh, less uh, than sixty. <laughs> I think mm. I think a lot of it was due to the fact that the rumpus caused after the first test the referee wanted to 
consult everyone and anyone he could before decisions <coughs> were made because there was so much publicity around the first test. Yeah, and of course Razi Erasmus uh, and his hour-long rant yeah, yeah. about the uh, officiating <coughs> after the first game. Yeah. What did that do? Like you know, you just wonder what did that do? Well, he, he, I, I suppose from a South African point of view, he played a blinder. He's prepared to take whatever's been thrown at him. I don't think he, yeah. I don't know what has been sanctioned him yet. Event nothing has. that I've read or heard. Yeah. And, and the other side of it is he probably deflected an awful lot of flack away from the team itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he took it on the chin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because like, when you think of it, South Africa went into the final test missing the clerk, like, who's a very good um, scrum half, you yeah. know. Serious, serious, yeah, serious player, you know. So, And then, of course, what about bringing <coughs> back Sturm yeah. to kick the winning penalty yeah, and yeah. 38 years of age? Yeah. And the funny thing is, he kicked the last one, he kicked one before to win it a previous time. Yeah, you know, so it's amazing. Amazing, yeah, yeah, and 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 have him playing like at a reasonable level at thirty eight years yeah. of age. But they're fairy tale yeah. stories yeah. for lads, really. Yeah, 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 that yeah. Is. yeah. And the other side of it is talk about rubbing salt into the wound, like yeah, yeah, two tests, two, two kicks, yeah. yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, obviously, there'll be a lot more rugby to be spoken about over the next few months. So we look forward to that. And uh, I suppose uh, coming back to more local matters, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll revert to GAA if we are happy enough to move on. And I suppose in the GAA world, we have our own uh, championships on here in Clare, and we also have the uh, inter county scene uh, coming to its conclusions as well. So, um, Pat, you mentioned that you might want to say a few words about the great Joe Kenny. Yeah, I, I suppose we, we, we go amiss was not to mention Joe. He retired after giving outstanding service to Galway. And look what, he was one of the greats, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. As far, uh, there's very few players that have recognised by their first name. There was Henry, there was DJ, TJ, they're all from Kilkenny. Everyone knows who they are, and Joe. There's very few others that you can automatically know who you're talking about. You just have to mention their first name. Like mm. Joe, Joe ended up being the top scorer. He overtook Shefflin in his last match, and he he was like a marked man from the day one when he when he came in and played for Galway Force, and there was a lot expected of him. So I was I always admired him anyway, and I thought he played the game the way it should be played, and he ended up with five county titles, four All Ireland club titles. Now I'm delighted he won an All Ireland medal because I thought at one stage it was looking like he yeah, might end it. up with no medal, you know, and. Remember, remember, uh, one year he pulled out from Galway as a result of treatment he that was dished out to him in, in the county final versus Lockray. Yeah. Right. you know, which was scandalous. And um, I, I think just around the time Sherlock names in Galway. So for me, Hurling is poor without Joe. Just just in relation to talking about that, uh, Hicks about the county final. I was happened to be at Lockray, and and the, the the punishment that was dished out to Joe Canning and Ali that day was absolutely barbaric. I'd have to say it was barbaric. Yeah. And uh, there's another thing that people don't realise. He the amount of time he had for the fans, photos, yeah. autographs, whatever, signing hurlies, whatever. Yeah. And well, as, as he said, like he was he was one of the greats. Yeah, I was at two thousand and eighteen All Ireland, uh, <coughs> with Watford and Galway and Joe was one of the last to leave the field afterwards and he was obviously delighted to win All Ireland Middle, but he had time for everyone that wanted to talk to him. And uh, what he especially uh, registered with me was the care he took of Tony Keady's uh, kids 
he was honoured that day after he passed away, you know, mm-hmm. tragically. Right. And um, he was looking after him as well, the field. And after winning all the middle, he, he craved for for so long to be able to be looking after him as well. I thought it was, it was a good reflection on him, you know. So I hope, um, I don't think he, he's adamant he's not coming back anyway. But, um, and his club, I suppose, in, are, are going through a kind of a lull at the moment, you know. But they were a great, I mean, to win four club All-Ireland titles is unbelievable. So I think we'll all agree one of the greats we've seen anyway we were lucky to see yeah. you know list list yeah list absolutely yeah absolutely. just as uh, an aside <coughs> I think there's a son of Tony Keedy's on the Galway minor panel is there yeah he came on yeah. the other night he came on the other night there uh, or in their semi-final win and um, yeah he came on the sub yeah, yeah, good yeah it's just good to see good yeah to see. absolutely yeah okay. Um, I, I suppose we'll tear into our local club scene first, guys. We're right here in Clare, the championship in Hurling has started. Football started a couple of weeks ago. Fo- Hurling started last weekend and uh, another couple of games on this weekend. Um, so we have done up our um, our, our list of uh, of uh, groups, Pat. So you want to talk us through the groups there? And see yeah, there's, there's, four, gr- there's, yeah. Four, there's four groups. Um, there's a group of data, I suppose, is group one. So Callaghan Mills, Ainey, Kilimone, White Gates, Kinmele and Clonlara. So I suppose looking at that group, there's two to come out of it, and um, after game one, there's game one over as you say. Clonlara were impressive, I thought, against the uh, uh, the Mills. They were six points down and they wiped it out in a ten minute spell, and uh, I'd fancy them to come out of that group. And I think the second place will be between, I think, Ina Kilimona and Kinmele, in my opinion, anyway. And I'd nearly have a slight fancy for Ina Kilimona. For my for my reckoning, for the two teams to come out of it, and as regards the bottom of the table, I think unfortunately our our neighbours, I'd say White Gate, will probably end Still up. Will be, yeah, will be fighting relegation. I think for me in that um, section anyway. Yeah, um, just looking at the six mile, the group two, six mile bridge, Clackcastle with Tones and Scarif. The with Tones Scarif game was a six pointer, not to talk of a three pointer last weekend, and. With Tones, unfortunately, they showed their, all their experience over the hour. Scarif started with three or four guys, knew, well, most of the team knew, but three or four minors knew, and, and they, they showed had, showed in their performance. And they had a, an injured David Nash going into the game as well. Yeah, yeah, and they removed him at halftime because the injury kicked in again. Uh, I mean, when you look at Six Mile Bridge, Castle, you see the performance of Six Mile Bridge against Castle in the park. You know, there were favourites come out of that group and you'll probably see Wolf Tones after beating Scarif they'll probably come out of now so you're going to see it'll be a decider as to who's going to wind up in the bottom room probably the Clarecastle Scarif game so I don't know how bad that'll go but it'll be tight Yeah. well uh, it's funny I know that the first game didn't go so well and you know what you need the first game to go well for you I know that game didn't go well for Scarif but they're a funny bunch when, when it's put up to them they, they, you know, they seem to stand up I always thought that for years about them and they have better confidence now they're playing better having been promoted and everything so I wouldn't write them off I'd actually agree with you in the first group but that it was important to win the first one but these games here in, in this they'll be pretty tight and, and, and it could balance out if somebody got a draw there to bring Scarif back into the do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well Willie I can't see him beating Six Mile Bridge so they're going to have two losses, and 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 uh, you know that leaves him that leaves him with the match as Johnny says with Clarecastle. Yeah. So I I don't see I don't I don't see um, with with only three games how two points even to beat Clarecastle how two points yeah, will yeah. get you through 
in the, to the knockout stages. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Beating Clarecastle will will avoid the relegation heat for them. But I, I you know, I've, be, I've just been realistic. I've not against Scarif. In fact, uh, none of us have. But I'm just saying I can see them beating Six Mile Bridge. And as Johnny has said, I think Six Mile Bridge and Tones come out of the group. Yeah. It's worth mentioned there, Johnny. Uh, obviously, we were at the game. Rory Hayes was outstanding for Tones, best player yeah. in the field. You give an, an absolute exhibition. Yeah, completely nullified. Mm. Uh, Scarif's main danger man in. In Mark Rogers and effectively swept up yeah. as well. Other music, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to the um, commentary by Leo and Pat, and I mean, they were commenting that Rory Hayes has so many positions early in the game, you know, yeah. that he yeah. was just outstanding. Uh, also, I mean, there was also mentioned that uh, was Mark under orders to stay kind of inside rather than keep moving around, you know. I just wonder a guy if his ability. If he was being fairly well marked, should they maybe have given him more latitude to throw him a small bit more? But yeah. again, easy talk. Well, before we leave that group, Chair, uh, Six Mile Bridge have three goals scored anyway, so we're not going to have a repeat of last year where they went through the championship of scoring a goal. So, you know, that's they have that change. That's done industrial. Group three, Bellier, Bradford, Crushin and Cracklaw. Um, I'd fancy Bellier and Cracklow to come out of that group. I think uh, Crushin will struggle. They're, they're kind of... Uh, they have some players lost, Paddy Vaughan, uh, Brigdale, uh, to yeah. retirement, and they're going through a kind of a transition period. So I think the, ma- the match between Bradford and Crushin will decide um, third and fourth place in that group. Um, I was. I have to say, I was completely shocked when I found out um, I was dead to game. But when Gary Brendan was put off in a straight rate last weekend, yeah. he, uh, the guy he, he has never been booked, I believe, uh, and and to get a straight rate. Well, Pat, uh, as John, you can attest, when, you, when you're refereeing a game at Bellier, uh, you do not have any problems with Gary Brennan and neither do players. You know, he's just a gentleman yeah. on the field, gets to, does the business. So, whatever misfortune occurred, um, he ended up with a red card, but he's totally out of character. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I said to go along with you, as I say, there were shockwaves around Clare because it's not in his locker. Whatever it is in his locker, picking up a red card is definitely not one of them. Yeah, so uh, we just don't know what went on, but yeah, and yeah. he's out now, obviously for the next round. He's a big loss because he he is a vital role for Bellier. He carries mm-hmm. a lot of ball and sets up scores for other guys. He he admits himself he mightn't be the greatest scorer in the world, but he, he sets up other guys and brings them into play. And he was a big loss last year when they lost the match to the Mills Championship because he was out injured. Yeah. Do you know? No, he he's of course allowed to play football with with um, Clonagh. Yeah. You know, so. For me, anyway, uh, it's 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 Bellier and Cracklaw with Bradford and Crushy in fighting for uh, to avoid the, the relegation scrap heap and that. Group, group four. Group four includes my own Very club. Interesting. Yeah, Market, Clooney, Quinn, and Fiekel. I suppose the cat was put among the pigeons last week when Erog many people's fancy to top the group were beaten by No Market. No Market got a tremendous start. Erog came back into it. They were missing Shane O'Donnell and David Reedy. No, Shane came on as a sub. But um, I bet you they'll be all back for the Fecal match anyway. Uh, Fecal and Clooney played out an exciting draw. Uh, of course, the return of Peter Duggan was the big talk. And uh, he delivered from place balls and line balls and everything. And um, the highlight for, I suppose, Fecal. Both teams were happy enough for the draw. It, it was uh, in-team stuff. And Ever Quilgan said a penalty towards the end of the game. If, if Peter had scored that, I'd say Cloney would have won the game. But it's a point each for them. You know, that group is very open. And any of the four teams could end up at the bottom of the table. Or any of them could end up at the top of it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I just make a comment there. To the, uh, fascinating to see the top forward in the county and the top goalkeeper head to head. 
And Ava coming back. Yeah, and Aver has uh, saved penalties before from Peter Dogan, so obviously he's been with him a good bit in the underage structure and player playing with the county, so he might he might have inside the knowledge in the bit on him, but maybe somewhat argue if Peter had more because he was back from Australia and this is his first game back, he might have scored. I don't know, but although to argue he should have taken the point. Yeah, but a group forger, as you were saying, it could go either way. But you'd have to look at Airog and the market to come out of it. Um, I was up in the market on Sunday morning, they said they were delighted with the win. Of course, mentioning the fellas that were missing for a rogue, but I was talking to the concept and she said that the minister, the minister uh, Shane O'Donnell, come on, he was like a magician. He absolutely just ran the show. And he brought it from seven points down to a point. And Newmarket were very happy to see their water break, the last water break. So to get regroup, and they did the winning 16 15 up, came back out, and just got over the line, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So they will be happy that no, that Hero were missing the few, like you know. Yeah, yeah. But I can yeah. I see Hero going to make it. And uh, just to go back to Group Three for a minute. And I know we spoke about Crushin and Cretlo. It's Cretlo of all of course, the one and whatever have you. But my biggest problem with them is the squad of players nearly out every weekend hurling football, hurling football. Is he going to catch up on them again this year? It's the same story every year. So it's yeah. the same group of lads really know. kicking both. Football yeah, yeah, football and, and hurling, like, you know. And hurling balls, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like like fecal. If 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 a rogue beat fecal, it'll mean fecal going into last game with one point, and that mean they'd have to be they'd have to be no market to three points. Now, is three points going to be good enough to get them into the knockout stages? Is the question, and of course, even if they, that's taking into account to to beat no market, because no market will be very confident now, as Johnny say after beating a rogue. You know yeah. what I mean? They'll grow on confidence. And um, so it's it's a group that's going to be intriguing the last for the next couple of games. Very good. Um, just on the fecal thing, there like I've watched them f- since they won that intermediate. They're a very hard side to beat. They don't know what it is to be beaten. So they'll relish the thought going up against Arrow, and they'll relish the thought of going up against the market. Make no mistake about it. Now, if they get their marquee players back from injury, they could be in the series shows. Because you underestimate him. You underestimate him as your peril. You know, totally. And for fetal, are there injury concerns at the moment? Or yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> we were missing Martin Daly for the match, he had a hamstring injury, and obviously, Oshin Donlan and Stephen Conway, who they're, they're three key players, right? Martin Daly and Oshin, Con- Oshin Donlan and young Conway, Stephen Conway, you know, they're carrying injuries, so it's not ideal. Um, so they're all three. They're all three. They're three key players for us. Like the biggest problem for Fetal is numbers. You know, what I mean numbers, and uh, we're depending on our first choice really to carry us over the line really in the matches. And we wouldn't have this depth and strength that other clubs have. And maybe someone say we're punching above our weight, and we got you know we won the cup and everything. But um, as Johnny said, they are fairly determined, and they'll put up a battle anyway. Whether it will be good enough to come out of the group or not remains to be seen. But I'd be hoping that they might get out of the group, you know, because you don't want to be involved in relegation with two teams going down this year. And it took them. It takes. It's not that easy to come back up at the intermediate championship. You go down, and no one wants to go down. As 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 we will see when we review the intermediate championships, there's very strong teams down there. Yeah, but like before we leave the senior chair, I would have to mention Clackastle for a big club. I mean, you know, they're going through a period and didn't like. I mean, their intermediate team were slaughtered last weekend, and their senior team, uh, like, they have a big catchment area over there. But they seem to have lost a lot of players, 
the kind of uh, group and the younger ones still have to get experience now there are two relatively young teams they're putting out but like they won't do anything this year in either the intermediate championship or, or the senior and um, it gets harder every year like as years slip by and that's like and they have a lot of players retired mm-hmm. you know in the last yeah. year or two and they lost Patrick Kelly then and they were missing Stephen O'Holland the last day so they need to yeah, get him back men. and two big yeah. men yeah, yeah. and Jonathan Clancy retired and he had a big loss is a kind of isn't it doesn't it come in phases when you put a good team together and then it you know there's no transition where you're losing two or three players you have a bit of success for a couple of years and then guys are gone and, and yeah. that's I think what's happening in Clare Castle now you know but I for sure they'll come again at some stage yeah looking at the game Saturday evening the Jervis refereeing in, above in Erog they were frightfully frightfully young that intermediate yeah. Clare Castles you know the Royal X minus they were Know, very very young a lot of many with you absolutely so yeah. like as Willie says like it, it'll take time but they will come okay you know will we move on to the intermediate so guys and we'll take we look at group one which has Tober Kilinina in the Kilimona and the bridge um, Kilinina thankfully got over Tober last weekend and make a few points I think it wasn't that the game but listening to Pat's commentary again on the on the radio assisted by Ali Noon they seem to just uh, keep a, a nick ahead of Tober during the game, uh, albeit Tober having two guys sent off. And uh, the bridge beat Heineken in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, just going back to the Killian again, that was a game nobody saw coming. Nobody saw Killian beat in Tober. But again, as I said, you know, you get the, you instill the confidence into the team. And the other side of it is Killian had players coming back from injury for the last couple of years, which they were missing last year, which were, were huge last time. So, like, I might want to be surprised. Yeah. That they beat Tubber. No, I know Tubber was Pat O'Connor. And uh, Enoch stepping up. Yeah. You have, we'll say, you had Pat O'Connor and you had O'Grady missing for for Tubber, which was a huge loss. And then losing the two men in a tight game, those those two guys sending off and the two players missing was was crucial. Six mile bridge will be six mile bridge. I mean, look at them. They have, they're they're blessed with senior hurlers back down hurling intermediate, you know. So I wasn't a bit surprised with him beating Nine and Kilnamala. Funny enough, um, before we leave that, I think the two years ago, Pat, we did their game in the Championship beyond in Tulla, where the bridge, I think, were 12 points up at half time. Right. Nine o'clock in came back, the game yeah. even takes the time. You know, but yeah. so that does nothing between them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not um, surprised at Kinnina either in terms of the fact that they had a very good league campaign and were only picked by Ogunlo on points scoring difference in their section Division 3 so they had a bit of confidence coming into it but certainly if you were looking at it before the ball was poked you, you probably would have said Tober but Pat O'Connor was a savage loss and uh, I think like they kind of knew they were up against it I can't see Tober I think myself uh, Kinnanine Aina Kinnamore and Sixth Man Bridge will be fighting for the two places and I don't think Tober will come out of the group for sure yeah, interestingly enough, uh, I think Pat, uh, we were up in Tober one evening where they played the Cratlow uh, second Yeah, team. that's right. And uh, I mean, they were pretty shocking that evening. Shocking. Okay. It, was, well, it was one of those games where you, you couldn't wait to finish, they were oh. so bad. Oh. I was shocked. That's kind of shocking to hear because I think it was two years ago, um, Smith O'Brien's played mm-hmm. Tober in the Championship and they gave us a fair whopping and did it at ease. And I thought they were a team that were coming. You know what I mean? And, and got to last year's final, really. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah they find that's a drop off from. So as well as that, yeah. thing, can you take the league um, form? You know the way you were saying they were dreadful in that. Maybe they've upped their game since then. I know they've been beaten in this one, but I, I wouldn't write Tubber out. They certainly have enough players to to come and improve anyway. Yeah, in Group Two, Jer, um 
Smith O'Brien's Keller Mills Cracklone Tuller Keller Mills are just up from June or Ray I Smith O'Brien's beat him last weekend and I expect Smith O'Brien's to come out of the group comfortably enough to be honest they're knocking on the door there for ultimate honours and I think they have a couple of experience you know they get more experience every year they have a county senior panellist now in Goff and uh, they put in, they put in a decent effort every year very good effort they're very dedicated so I'm going for Smith O'Brien's come out of that and Tola Tola you know Cracklow will I think will finish probably bottom of the table and um that's for me anyway, Smith O'Brien's, and I think they'll have a series say and to be the championship this year. And um, I can't see him, um, I, I can't see Cracklow or, or Tolland. Smith O'Brien's, of course, will decide, I think, the places. Um, just there, uh, on, you were saying, you know, we have Goff as a senior panellist, just to remind you, Keen Nolan as well is on. on or Keen Nolan, I should have said, my mistake, my yeah, apologies, just Keen Nolan, yeah, 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 yeah. And Goff is on the, the, the panel below. Down the 20, yeah, 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 yeah. I meant to, yeah, yeah. I meant to include Keen, sorry. Yeah. No, I, I, it's just that, that but as a kid Lumen, we'd be shot if we went home and people heard it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'd agree with you. I think the deciding of it is Smith O'Brien and Tuller. Yeah, that'll decide yeah, first and second place. First and second, yeah. yeah but yeah. they should, uh, on the farm that they're in at the moment, and they seem to be going okay, and yeah. they'd be happy enough, quietly happy enough in themselves. But yeah. And, and um, was Smith O'Brien at full strength last weekend? <coughs> well, we had a couple of players coming back from injuries, yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, it was a good, a good try from, you know, and then with another couple that we rested, we did we took off two as well. One with an Achilles injury in the first half, and one with a, um, a groin injury. It upset the balance of the team a small little bit, but I'm sure for the next day, like you know, they'll have that sorted, you know, and the boys will be back. But we're near enough, full strength, but not quite, but near enough. Yeah. Now I did the Tulla Cratlow game. Very disappointed in the market. I was very disappointed with Cratlow. There wasn't the Cratlow of all that, that that I got to know anyway. Now look at probably Ruth retirements or whatever, I don't rightly know, or maybe there was a few of the players taking up Cena. But I thought Cretlow were very poor. No, that's not taking anything away from Tuller's performance. David McInerney didn't play, didn't start for Tuller. You know, didn't start and the other fellas stood up to the players, you know. So um as I'd agree with Pat there and Willie really liked it, that game will decide who tops the group and where we go from there. So, but we are reckoning the two of them. Yeah, it's important, you know, first and second because obviously a first team plays the second team in the quarterfinals, so yeah. you can have a big bearing on it where you finish. You might say, Asher, look, at, we're both through practically. If it was last game, we're not too pushed about it, but it, can, it could make a big difference to your hopes yeah. Yeah. later on the championship, you know. Yeah. Uh, group three, Jerry, is Joseph's. Uh, St. Joseph's Tullera Partee and Corofin. Yeah, I suppose you could constitute a chalk Partee beating Corofin because they have notions. They fancy themselves yeah. Corofin, yeah. Johnny. I was dis- surprised when I heard the result now. Um, and Jerry, we were at uh, Joseph's uh, Bearfield and Tullera match, and Jesus is very one sided. Conor Tierney hit three goals in the first 10 minutes. The game was over as a contest. And um, Tullera were very poor. They struck me as really only. You know, a junior A side really, and they're going to struggle in the championship. So I, I, I'd have dimmed down at bottom of the table there, and I'd have, I'd have, I'd have Josephs and 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 to between Partee and Quarter Finn. It was fascinating yeah. to see that the game was over by the first water break. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan yeah. um, and that, um, that Joseph side, like they got every sitting up looking at them now. They seen all the war on everyone. We are here to win this. Like they didn't take their foot off the pedal. 
they could get seven goals, they'll get seven goals. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Uh, going to the party in Corrifin game, everyone across, everyone, I'd say, around the county thought, oh yeah, Corrifin are going to win this, they were there or thereabouts. I mean, we went extra time last year with them in, in, in the quarter final above in Shannon. Lucky to get out of there. And um, I actually thought that when they came, I thought they might have a small little bit more than Pertini. But I'm delighted that, you know, I'm delighted another East Clare, South East Clare even, uh, team, you know, are going to, well, it looks like they're going to come out of the group unless they collapse. But it will be, for me, it will be Joseph's and Pertine. And on the flip side of that, just to give Clonlara a mention, I know they took a hiding there, but mm. um, they wouldn't be a big, big parish. And, and, you know, they're playing senior, they're playing intermediate, <laughs> and they put out a junior B team as well this year. So, you know, fair play to them. They must be stretched to the limit with them all. Yeah, uh, Group 4 is no market, but I, Clackestle and Rowan. And, Ger, we, 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 we were at, I don't know, is it the pleasure or, or was it torture? We were at the <laughs> Clackestle Rowan match, anyway, but. Um, it was very one sided. It, it was very one sided, and um, no market and Budike, Budike beat no market easily enough. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I'm looking at, you're looking at Rowan and Budike come out of that group. Yeah. Pat, I was at that game as well, the Ryan Clarecastle game. Uh, as we've already said, like that Clarecastle team, they were a team of minors. Now, n- taking nothing away from Ryan's performance, you know, they'd lynch up front, they had um, punch, punch, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, they had a lot of marquee players around the field that are good, you know, good hurlers. But believe you me, it won't be good enough. They will come out of that group without doubt, but it won't be good enough to play like that, hoping you're one of the big boys. Mm. Uh, but like the market, I actually thought that game could have gone either way. Good looking at the market teams of old. But um, but I are full of young fellas and full of running, you know. Yeah, it was a good win for Bridgeik. No, it was a good yeah. win. So yeah. I would fancy yeah, themselves around to come out of the group. Yeah, I, yeah. I would have imagined they were would have been have trepidation enough playing the market because yeah. the market would have a mix of experience. Would have had, yeah. yeah. Look, we have a lot to look forward to for the intermediate and the senior championship in the coming weeks. Anyway, so at least to 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 something. I suppose in the defensive market, the last probably Clancy to the to the seniors on his well, pulled the hamstring in the warm up. Before the before their row game, so they they would draw him. Now the, he would have been penciling to a key position for the market, and uh, I mean he he done his bit for the, for the senior side. He scored a point, was fouled twice, and yeah. two frees and both scored. Yeah. You know, so big big loss, okay. big loss to the intermediate, but a big plus to the seniors. So as you say, we've loads to look forward to. Yeah. It's just hotting up now, isn't it? So absolutely, yeah. yeah so yeah, we will we'll definitely um, uh, tip in and tip out as we reach quarterfinal stages, lads of the uh, of the championship here in Clare. Uh, like, and we, we look forward to the wonderful commentary that uh, uh, Leo and Pat have uh, on Scarlet Bay Radio, uh, which is absolutely brilliant and getting Fantastic, better every yeah. week. Uh, I suppose, lads, we'll just move on a bit more national. I mean, Pat, as a true Blue Dub supporter, we have. Severe sympathy for you in one hand, but we are absolutely <laughs> delighted for me. Okay, so we'll just put that out there now, Pat, and uh, yeah. you can you can have tears in your milk there now. But Mayo, <laughs> Mayo for Sam. <coughs> well, f- first of all, going back to Dublin, I thank God I, I hadn't enjoyed it live. I, I couldn't, I didn't see the game live, but um, I was worried coming into it. Oh, this year. I just felt Dublin wasn't at the level they were at previous years. 
and um, you know they strongly beat Wexford well they didn't beat them as much their, their, their wins in Leinster weren't as emphatic as at previous years and I kind of felt coming up to the Mayo game Mayo were put it up to Dublin during their pump in those years and were unlucky I mean a couple of All-Irelands in semi-finals and finals they could easily have gone either way and I remember I mean in one final Mayo scored two goals for Dublin like but Dublin uh, afterwards when I saw the Sunday game you know I was kind of sorry I looked at it I was annoyed with the referee because I felt the 45 to win the match Henley missed it and the game was over and he ordered him to retake it because the sub a player gone off the Mayo team wasn't gone off the field now to me that wasn't I, I interfering really with the play I thought and I was raging and did he converted it the second time yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. uh, your question is regards will Mayo win Sam now that Dublin are out of it I, I'd love to see Mayo win in Sam Maguire but I think Kerry will be Tyrone and I think Kerry will have too much will have too much for him and I think the fact that Mayo are missing Dermot O'Connor you know, we'll, 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 we'll come to, when it comes to crunch, I think they won't get past Kerry. Now, I know some people argue Tyrone might be Kerry, but I think <coughs> Kerry will win it. And I had a fear. I'd actually, I, I, I'd prefer to see Mayo beating Dublin than, than Kerry beating Dublin, to be honest. Is it in the veneer for Dublin? I don't know. But it couldn't stay going forever. Jeez, there was no mention of splitting, there'd be no mention of splitting in Dublin anyway, Jerry, after last Sunday. There was splitting <laughs> three time, three places. But, but years Hicks, um, in fairness, me found it going to be good to him next dub. He'd have been disappointed, or Dobby, he'd have been disappointed with uh, Saturday night. But something wasn't right with that Dublin setup from the World Go this year. I don't know what the bloody hell it is, but something wasn't right. And it started with Cluxton. Is he in the panel? Is he not? Is he training? Is he not? Is he coming back to the squad? Is he not? I honestly believe Desi Farrell myself lost that, lost to Dublin dressing room. Yeah. That's my own personal opinion. And interesting as well, <coughs> Rock was taken off in the Leinster final and he didn't see with the subs after being taken off. Now that kind of thing is just another thing. It wouldn't happen under Jean Gavin. Obviously, McMinnon has gone to the Olympics. Uh, Olympics and Rock was going around um, coaching free takers in various parts of the country as well. I know he's he's he, you can do what you like in your private life, but I don't know would 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 Gavin put up with that after? I suppose Farrell was on the hiding to nothing come uh, taking over from Gavin anyway. But they have lost a lot of players. But didn't like when you looked at Mayo lost a rake of players to retirement yeah. as well. The other thing about it is Mayo found players. If you look at the players that Deborah Hunt Sunday, like uh, there was our Sarah, there was names mentioned that. I said, where did he come out of? Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. Now, when <coughs> can I just say to you, Jerry, isn't it great to hear one of the two Dublin men here in the corner? You know, giving me some praise. I thought the Dublin were after winning it there because we're doing nothing. Any talk. No, I, I, I. We well, have to be gracious. Well, Willie, to be fair, I, I did acknowledge Mayo pushed up to Dublin in the pump, and I'm delighted that when they did when Dublin were beaten, they were beaten by Mayo. So he'd be that's the only credit I. He begrudgingly <laughs> did, but I'm not having a slag in your No, age, no, eh? I'd be hoping Mayo will win all Ireland. And uh, the other thing about it is, like, isn't it fantastic? For Mayo, and wouldn't it be fantastic if they won the All Ireland? All jokes aside, I'm only ribbing yeah. you, but it wouldn't be unbelievable if Mayo won it. But football need, football need a new face. Yeah, absolutely. They're crying out for a new face for the last two, three years. So it would be lovely to see. Hard to see will they be? Will they be Kerry? The only thing they probably have gone from is this COVID thing with the Tyrone team and the delay between Kerry. I mean, you have a team prepped to go over Saturday. Next thing off, it is off for a week. Next thing out, it is off for another week. Yeah. Yeah. So. It all depends what Kerry will see. What well, Kerry will see in, se- in sorry, the semi-final. It also upsets their preparation as well because mm-hmm. the All Ireland was set for for 
yeah. you know, and now that's all put back. So yeah. I, I hope that and it doesn't spoil it. I, I suppose Tyrone will be thinking too. We went down to we went down to we went down to Killarney and they put seven goals past us in the league. Now that'll be in the back of their heads, no matter human nature what it is, that'll be in the back of their heads. Absolutely. I, I suppose that we'll just have to point out at this stage, I think we are extremely lucky to get this far in sport with the way COVID has been affecting everything. And any uh, grain of sport we get is appreciated. However, I do think Tyrone run away into nothing. I think their players will have been suffering the effects of COVID. One of them was in hospital. They haven't been able to train according to media reports and uh, in what shape will they be in trying to face into a carry team that's the <coughs> question no there might be a different scenario when they do meet but uh, I do think um, that Mayo have found enough and uh, James Horden has brought in new players probably because he had to but also I believe Aidan O'Shea was in some kind of a support booth during the week before the game and Aidan O'Shea came off during the game so Lots of things for me to contemplate there, in fairness. Talking about new teams, Johnny, wonderful to see Russ Common and Offaly in the under-20 football final. Oh, yeah, and, and I was actually watching the semi-final down in Ross Common, and I was just kind of half saying, wouldn't that have made a great all the final because it was so good. But to look at that, it, first and foremost, the two teams that were in it, it was a crying shame that it wasn't the carrier or a cock that Offaly were playing, and likewise for Ross Common, that it happened to be two teams that don't win that much. That's right would put up a performance and they can be very, very proud both counties can effort of that game of football because there's some serious scores, great scores and some serious football that they might have on both sides. Yeah, and a great credit hopefully. They're on the up in both Holland and football, yeah. which is great to see. A great county, <coughs> small county and um, I'm delighted for them and obviously Shane Lowry is a very prominent supporter of Offaly now and he was very prominent last week at that final and uh, he'd be happy he'll be happy and um, I thought Offaly done very well to be a fancy double team in Leinster and be Cork in the semi-final so they're worthy under 20 champions definitely like they, they didn't win it they didn't win it easy to be yeah. some of the best teams that, you know and some of the bigger counties that are in it okay. you know. um, so so uh, well, uh, as you say, I'd add to that it was great. Um, there was great football played, and sometimes it adds a, a freedom, like when they're younger, isn't that it? And when they get that bit older, even winning stuff, I think it kind of it it tightens them up. And you just get young fellas now that don't care. They've great skills, and it was great yeah. stuff to watch, wasn't it? It was just uh, just going away from the from 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 the boys for a minute. I just happened to have a few spare minutes at home, so I just saw the first half of the ladies. Uh, was a quarter-final meet in Cork. Mm. I have to take, off to take my hat off to the performance of the meet ladies. There's some serious performance that day. And I was kind of half wondering, it's my first time seeing this meet team play since they'd been relegated down to back down to the meet and came back up. I couldn't believe how they gave our Clare ladies such a hiding last year in the semi-final or quarter-final. And they really did give us a right beating. I, but I could see why Sunday. They were a serious, serious outfit. Because yeah, they, did, they, did, they did pull it back and they did yeah. uh, end up uh, on, on top and again, yeah. Dublin did on the other side as well. Yeah, yeah. As well. Um, I suppose, lads, um, the only colour really left for the weekend is red. Cork, under-20 champions, mm -hmm. in a mild and minor final in Hurling and facing the mighty Limerick in, in, in the senior final. So... Um, well, what way will they go? Will Cork do the minor? Will they, will they stop uh, Galway's five in a row? 
I think they will. They have a serious minor team. Yeah. Unfortunately, we suffered at the hands of them earlier in the Munster Championship. We were beaten 40 points. First time I say a clear team has lost a Munster Championship game by 40 points. So they have a serious team. Galway, uh, five in a row. It's, t- it's a tremendous... Uh, they, keep, they keep producing minor teams. Unbelievable. You'd have to ask the question what's happened to them all afterwards. Yeah. Like five, so Potentially yeah. five in a row is unbelievable. Now, I know uh, they don't take part. They go straight in. They don't take part in the Linster, sure. There's no, they're not in the Linster minor, so it's unbelievable for them. And um, I, I still, I fancy Cork, and obviously they're in the senior final. And uh, Cork are on the up. There's no question on that. The big question for the Cork seniors: Will they start Shane Kingston or hold him in reserve? Um, on Sunday, uh, the, this thing that has creeped into GA in recent weeks, I think, and I've seen it here and there, is they're on about they're calling about finishers now. That's just, the last person I heard talking about that was. Uh, um, England rugby coach. Oh, yeah. I yeah. about finishers. Uh, Kingston came on and scored seven points against Kilkenny. That game should never have gone to extra time, I think. No. But Cork, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people will be hoping, I think. A lot of people will be probably shouting for Cork to be at Limerick. Yeah. Just go back to the minor there for a second. Um, I saw that Galway minor team again a clear selection and got to his Minigan boys the same night. Galway looked, they looked so powerful and so strong. Where they pulled this Cork team out of, I don't know, but wherever they got him, they were a serious outfit. So has the makings, I think, of a cliffhanger. Well, listening to Anthony Daly on his podcast, and he was with the Academy in Limerick for a number of years, mm. he said that from 14 up, Cork have been winning Munsters and yeah. All-Irelands, 14, 15, 16, so all those competitions. So and it's the, it's the way they have developed the, um, <coughs> I think they call them... Hubs, they they have split the county into small. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so they don't miss anyone. They don't miss anyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah to, going back to senior briefly for a minute, it would be great to see Patrick Horgan win all Ireland medal. One, one, a great player, and he's coming towards the degree. Thirty-three years of age. I'd love to see him win all Ireland medal. Um, you know, it's nice. It's nice to see players of real quality. They have given tremendous service winning the, the ultimate medal. You know, he played. He nearly won the two thousand thirteen with a tremendous point. Remember. Yeah. Well, I think that we'd all second that, but my opinion anyway is I think that everybody has some serious catching up to Limerick and I can see no other mm. winner than Limerick in this. But just before we finish here, I had said in one of our first programmes here we were talking about the, the, the shock defeat to clear above an Antrim and we were all asked for our opinion on who was going to be in the All-Ireland final. Now, I picked my dark horse, I had said at the time, was Cork, even though the last broadcast we'd hear, I said clear will beat him because I'd never go in my own county. I think there was a serious shout. But in the booties, I have reservations about the Cork fullback. He could make a, he could make a fool out of me come Sunday, and I hope he does. I have reservations about him and Flanagan. And the other thing about it is, I wouldn't start Cadogan. I'd bring bring him in. I think Cork have a bench that could unsettle Limerick. Speed. Yeah, and and I think for me this year, what point, what the way the tra- shipment or the way the championship transpired, Clare could very easily be in a London final if You're Tony Kelly's right. goal had gone against mm-hmm. Cork. I am confident we'd have beaten Dublin and Kilkenny, and we could be facing Limerick, and what great excitement that would place. Yeah. No, well, we beat Limerick's another thing, but yeah. I, I say fair play to Brian Law, and he's done a tremendous job, and hopefully he'll continue on in that vein, yeah. and we are making progress even though we didn't get the quarter final. Yeah. And total agreement in relation to Cork Kilkenny. Cork won that game twice that day. They mm-hmm. should have been over normal mm-hmm. time, but they had to go into the extra time. Mm-hmm. You do that till they will punish you severely. Yeah, I just um, my um, forecast for the the game uh, Cork and Limerick, which have been played uh, on Sunday, is that uh, the first water break when Paul Kinnock sees how the game is going, the whiteboard will be out, mm. and Classic. I think game over. 
And that's what they've been doing to everyone all year. That's what they've been doing all year. Okay. Yeah, when it comes to crunch, I, I'd say Limerick as well. Yeah. Okay, guys, we've reached the end of this wonderful show. A fantastic chat again, lads. Really, really thank you for your input. Um, somebody did query why we call ourselves the non-experts, but I said we do cover such a wide array of sports. We maybe know a bit about GA, maybe a bit about rugby or soccer, but Formula One, Olympics, swimming, rowing, that's... <laughs> We have to be hands up here. We only see what we have and give our opinions on it. So again, uh, Johnny, Pat, and Willie, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks, sir. Thanks, sir. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll get together again soon. I uh, hope you, the listeners, really enjoyed the show. Please, please, if you do have any ideas or comments or feedback, please do contact Scarlet Bay Radio. Uh, let us know how things are going. And uh, for this week, Slanet. <laughs>